You are Locked On Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to a quick Locked On Heat debate. I'm Wes Goldberg here with David Ramil, and we are recording this a couple hours on the heels of a report out of Brooklyn that Kevin Durant, who is going to miss four to six weeks with a sprained MCL in his left knee that he suffered against the Pelicans over the weekend. David, how big of a deal is this to the Brooklyn Nets? And do you think this could make a meaningful difference in the Eastern Conference? Is the East wide open right now, and how does this impact Miami? I don't think it is actually that significant a deal. I think everybody's saying, okay, now all of a sudden the best player in the Eastern Conference, uh, maybe not uh, if you include Giannis Antetokounmpo in that conversation, all of a sudden Brooklyn is much more vulnerable, et cetera. But we've seen this story before, right? The Heat, I mean, sorry, the Nets have been without Kyrie Irving for all of the season, or most of the season. They've been without James Harden in and out of that lineup due to injury. They've been without Kevin Durant last season for you know moments here and there. And I know it's a different season, different circumstances and all that, but they're still 27-15. and 15. They're still second in the Eastern Conference. I know he's their best scorer. He's one of the best players in the game, if not the best player in the game. And yet, I just don't care. It's the regular season. We've seen historically that doesn't matter. I think when you look at a team like Miami, their goal, their mindset should be about something bigger. And I think that's the case in Brooklyn as well. They're looking to make some noise in the Eastern Conference playoffs. They're looking to advance to the NBA Finals. That's their goal, not whether or not they win 50 games or 55 games or lead the Eastern Conference or get home court advantage. It doesn't matter. If you have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, and again, it benefits them because Kyrie Irving maybe might be able to play in Brooklyn at home, but we know he can probably play in most of the 29 other cities of the NBA. And given all that, it would probably benefit him to not have home court advantage because they can have Kyrie Irving there for at least four games out of a seven-game series. You have KD, you've got Harden, you've got Kyrie, you've got their cast of characters, and who knows who they bring in on the buyout market. That's the strength of this team, not whether or not they win 55 games or lead the Eastern Conference or anything like that. So to me, I don't think it makes the East any more wide open. Miami will be able to pick up a few games here and there. Maybe they can assure themselves of a home court advantage. That's something that they probably need a lot more than this Brooklyn team does. So I agree with you to the standpoint of he'll be back by the end of the regular season, even if he misses the six weeks. That's still 20 more games in the regular season that he's going to have and Brooklyn is going to have to ramp up to the playoffs, right? We've got about 40 more games, give or take, for every team left in the NBA. And so for the, in that respect, it's not a big deal. We just saw Miami go through this, 20 games without Bam Adebayo, and they were able to survive. Now, you could argue that the Heat have much more depth than Brooklyn, and if you argue that, sure. you'd be right because it's true. But I do think that this could matter. I think it matters if Brooklyn doesn't have the one seed and a team like Chicago or Miami or Milwaukee does. When it comes to the playoffs, if you have Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving on the court, you're going to be the favorite. I don't even, if you're on the road or if you're at home, but it does help the other team if they're, if they have a home court advantage. And let's just say the Miami Heat, for example, if the Heat have the home court advantage and Brooklyn doesn't, that just helps their chances of maybe upsetting Brooklyn. And so I do think that this could matter in the playoffs. Uh, I think this is the sort of injury that could drop Brooklyn. I think the, the idea of Brooklyn getting the one or the two seed, forget about it. It's over. With, with if, if Kevin Durant misses four to six weeks, you're not getting one of the top two seeds in the East. And so that opens the door for a team like Milwaukee or Chicago or the Miami Heat to, to, to cement their spot with one of the top two seeds in the Eastern Conference. And that could make a huge difference in the playoffs. That really could. And so I think this could make uh, this could make some sort of impact. I think this does 
open up the East a little bit. Now, I'm not to the point of, hey, Brooklyn's done. You know, yeah. finish them their toast, like stick a fork in them. I'm not there yet, but it just makes what it makes their goal, like you said, their ultimate goal of winning a championship, just a little bit harder. And it makes teams, it makes that goal for teams like Miami and Chicago and Milwaukee slightly easier. And so in that respect, I don't think it's the huge needle mover that maybe some people want it to be, but I do think it makes a difference. I, look, I get that. I, I can totally understand that. Uh, I think I could see an argument where if, once he does come back from injury, again, six weeks in the middle of the season at this point, yeah. not great to incorporate yourself back into, especially if you're just trying to figure out how to play alongside Irving and Harden. And there's always been some question about how those three players can share the ball. Maybe those are overstated, et cetera. But if it's difficult for KD to come back to full strength, and we've seen this from him in the past, mm-hmm. where maybe that injury plays a lingering part there, and he winds up struggling throughout the playoffs or maybe even re-aggravating that injury, that's a different story. And now I can see why all of a sudden Heat fans are excited about the possibility of maybe advancing all the way to the NBA Finals past a team like Brooklyn. I'm not sure I'm quite there yet, but I think I could see that argument. This is what we've been talking about, right? Like with the Miami Heat, are they in that tier of Milwaukee and Brooklyn at full strength? Probably not. But you put yourself in position to take advantage of some sort of kind of injury. And this... This isn't quite that because it's not in the playoffs, but it's kind of like that, right? And so if you're the Heat, you just keep trucking along. You're doing what you're doing. My question to this, going, zooming out, big NBA yeah. perspective, uh, does this put any pressure on Kyrie Irving to get vaccinated, like, at all? Or just I, uh, I should rephrase it. It does put pressure on him to get vaccinated. Does it put any sort of pressure on him that he cares about? No, I, I I don't think it does. I think at I'm this point, you. if he's if he yeah he's he knows exactly what he's going to know. He's, he hasn't made that decision already. If he's not going to, it doesn't make any difference. I think he understood from the very early on this season what he was going to be, how he was going to be impacting this team and their chances of winning. So if that hasn't swayed his decision up to this point, I don't think even KD's injury is going to. And and we've heard them say they're not going to try to convince a grown man what to do. So we won't try to do that on this podcast. Uh, I don't know. Uh, do you think the rest of the league? now sees Brooklyn as much more vulnerable over the next six weeks, not just the Eastern Conference, but over the around the league. They see that this is a team that could be beaten, one less contender, and then all of a sudden you'll see a lot more teams pushing their chips in towards the NBA trade deadline as buyers mm. rather than sellers. I wonder if Miami shifts their approach a little bit regarding the trade deadline. And I know another teams, other teams in the Eastern Conference, maybe even some in the West, could say, you know what, all of a sudden you've got this – potential hole filling out in Brooklyn, if that's the case, maybe now is the time to make a move where I can cement myself as a title contender. I don't think it makes any difference for the Heat just because they don't have any real assets to make a move at the trade deadline. But for a team like Chicago and Milwaukee that does, yeah, I could see Milwaukee making a move for some size or Chicago making a move to fortify their bench and things like that. Absolutely. That's an interesting point you raise. Like, it's been shaky all year for the Nets, hasn't it? Like with all the Kyrie stuff and then James Harden being out of shape and this latest thing with KD, the fact that they don't have any depth. I I think I, I don't think anybody would disagree with the fact that if the Brooklyn Nets are at full strength, they're the best team in the NBA and they should be considered the title favorites by far. The thing is we've never seen that version of Brooklyn outside of like eight games, right? Like there's not a there's not a whole lot of track record for Brooklyn being with full strength. And I think we're getting to the point now, a couple of years into this experiment where I don't think it's okay to assume that that's ever going to happen, right? Yeah. And so I do think that even the Kevin Durant injury probably didn't make the NBA wide open and the Eastern Conference wide open, but I do think it underscored the fact that it already was, if that makes yeah. sense. And no, I think certainly it is. Um, by the way, Brooklyn, they're a half game out as we're recording this Sunday night 
a half game out of no, the, the the top seed in the East, but only four and a half games out of being in the play-in tournament. <laughs> and this is not a team that can sustain an injury the way that Miami could. Like I said, Miami has a lot more depth than Brooklyn does. Like I don't know yeah. that if you're the Nets, you can sustain this kind of injury. It's not out of the realm of possibility that this team drops all the way into the play-in tournament. And at that point, they'll have Kevin Durant back, but who knows? I mean, we're talking about yeah. one game. Who knows what can happen? And so, yeah. yeah, I think things are a little shaky right now in Brooklyn. Yeah, you look, you're already missing Joe Harris. You know, your your veteran players on the bench have been somewhat up and down. Patty Mills, generally good, but prone to a bad night here and there. I think this is a team that's certainly much more vulnerable. And we've already seen Atlanta making a move, trading Cam Reddish to the New York Knicks. I'm not sure a lot of teams are thinking that's a, a fleece move by the New York Knicks to get a young prospect and Reddish. But from everything that we've heard, it seems like this is the uh, the hockey assist of transactions for my, for Atlanta, where they're making a move now to make another move down the road. They acquire a first-round pick, and perhaps they're in play for another player to help cement their chances. We've seen the Heat knock them off twice over the last week. Maybe that was the wake-up call for their front office to say, maybe we're not quite there, but we want to be. And now with Brooklyn seemingly a little bit weaker than they once were, this is an opportunity for Atlanta to be able to advance. They, they played them tough. I mean, they played the Bucks tough in the Eastern Conference Finals. Maybe they see this opportunity to continue to grow and cement themselves as a title contender. Make sure you check out our takeaways from this weekend's Miami Heat games, Nostradamus predictions, and uh, our breakdown of the Heat waving Marcus Garrett and signing Kyle Guy on today's full-length episode of Locked on Heat, available on YouTube or wherever it is that you get podcasts.